Welcome to episode 459 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a wonderful conversation with regular contributor, Brooklyn-based singer, songwriter, comedic writer, and comedian, talking with us from her apartment in Bed-Stuy, Nash Rose. We talk with Nash about feeling down, changing times, businesses closing, treating COVID like a cold, instant changes and rearranges, virtual reality, Paris Hilton, white privilege, skinny jeans, the insurrection, and taking living for granted, among other things. A wonderful conversation with regular contributor Nash Rose. We have an EWSA titled Modern Dream. We share some actual findings as gathered and shared by Harper's Magazine for their February 2022 issue. I think you'll find them compelling, disturbing, humorous as well. And we have a poem called Galaxy Above. All of this, of course, will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it then. Episode 459 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Just a perfect day Drink sangria in the park And then later When it gets dark we go home Just a perfect day Feed animals in the zoo Too, and then Oh, it's such a perfect day 
Modern Dream I need a hair tie to make myself a morning ponytail. Then look at the sun coming down the stairs into a windowless basement room. Carly, my sexy neighborhood, middle-aged, independent divorcee, told me yesterday that this day she would be tripping on shrooms to get into cleaning her two bathrooms Perhaps Carly Girl may trip and chip some of the thick, slick, and shining ice off of her big deck that looks over her backyard, into an alley through those evergreen trees and light brown barked leafless ones, dormant for the winter, but probably starting to feel the spring. I am enjoying the cold and snow this year more than I did last year. I am not sure why. Maybe it's the crisp, clear sky. My Instagram artist friend Rob posted an old photo of he and Parker Posey hanging out with the chef of some restaurant in Manhattan. Parker is another sexy middle-aged woman. Though we don't know one another, I think I could fall in love with her. She has such a strange, endearing smile and a devious strength that twinkles in her lovely eyes. I wonder if she prefers middle-aged guys with thinning hair pulled back into a ponytail using one of his patient wife's hair ties. I should go find one. Maybe light blue or pink. I need to get going. Class starts at 9 a.m. today. Upstairs, through the picture window, the sun shines an orange-red hue, accentuating the mountainside topography as a tin star spins in front of the glass, streaming greenish-blue through a string of Christmas lights that need to be taken down from the eaves and be put away until December. Maybe some shrooms would help me. And my beard 
tastes like coffee. As I walk inside this middle-class, modern mocha dream come true.
Hello, Nash. Is that you in New York? That's me, or it's me. <laughs> How uh, are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for being on again on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Regular contributor Nash Rose, Brooklyn-based singer, songwriter, comedic writer, comedian, among other things. So where are you right now? I'm at home in Brooklyn. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners in Brooklyn. Our home station is Radio Free Brooklyn, so perfect. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's pretty uh, cool. It is. It is. Uh, we're out of Bushwick. Are you near Bushwick? Yeah, I'm pretty close to Bushwick. I'm in Bed-Stuy, but I'm, I'm near the Bushwick border. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, not too far where Spike Lee used to hang out, right? The whole neighborhood. Yeah, I heard he had to move out of town because too many people were bothering him at his house. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, who was busting him? Rosie Perez. I saw Rosie Perez and he were having a conversation somewhere, and uh, and and she mentioned how he, he he still lives in New York, but he couldn't stay in the same location uh, in Brooklyn because um, too many people would come to his house in you know, all hours of the night because they knew where he lived. Yeah, that's hilarious. Are you having that problem yet? Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so um, today is kind of an open forum for us. We we didn't really pick any topics to delve into. Um, what, I know that's all right. I've done this before with folks. Uh, what, what's what's on your mind? What's going on? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you doing? Um. Not much. <laughs> I'm working on an album, but um don't really want to talk about that yet. Um Not a com- not a comedy I, I know, album. I but. know you were No, it's a musical album. Um No, I I know you were asking me about topics earlier in the week and I just couldn't think of anything. Um been dealing with a lot of I guess I've kind of been dealing with depression. I guess we talk about depression. I feel like we talked about depression before, didn't we? I don't know. Maybe. It's my favorite topic. Well, yeah, I think though a lot of people are are dealing with some type of uh, depression. Uh, the, you know, we've had some really weird w- years. You know, the, since twenty twenty for sure, extraordinarily weird with the pandemic and all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And just the changing times and how that's affecting everything. When you it's say... Been... What were you saying? I was going to say, when you say changing times, what do you mean? Just like... Well, in New York, it's just been such a different... It's affected like the culture a little bit, and I think that's a little bit why I've been feeling down. A lot of people have been feeling down because it's just like... A lot of businesses closed or 
they have to do things in a different way. So you kind of feel stuck in in one place and just kind of waiting for the world to get back to normal. Although they did lift the mandate yesterday for New York. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. So, but nobody's like actually doing it yet. So we'll see when that actually unfolds. <laughs> yeah, you know, folks in New York uh, City, generally speaking, I think are probably more progressive in their thinking. Uh, you know, I'm trying to use that term as in regards to politics. So they they might be more uh, willing, or if not willing, more diligent in in. Uh, Wearing masks and and, and uh, you know not not taking chances at spreading the the fluid or the flu. Jeez, I sound like a, <laughs> I sound like someone from the right. The uh, COVID nineteen. I just actually had a conversation with a guy from the right yesterday, the right side of the political spectrum. He's saying it was just the flu. He got into my head. You see that? It slipped out. <laughs> little Freudian slip there. I think so. Well, you know. I, Aren't you finding that there's part of you that is sort of taking that uh, possibility into consideration more than you did uh, six months ago? You know, what I mean by that is like, well, you know, it seems like we're, we're done, you know, that this is not that big of a deal anymore. But you don't want to say that too much out loud around your peers that are, again, of that progressive, quote unquote, mindset. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that it isn't as big of a deal anymore. I think when it hit us initially, it was, and a lot of people died, and it was unfortunate. I don't know how it was where you are, but Omicron in New York City, every single person I know had Omicron. And people were just treating it like a cold because they were just like, all right, we have this, and it was light. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, them lifting it because nobody's really taking it serious anymore because of how, like, in New York, I mean, of how, like, I mean, everyone in December that I know has COVID. And it was just like, yeah, I was sick for, like, three days. It felt like a cold. And then they were back out at the bar or whatever. So I don't think it's a big deal anymore unless some crazy variant comes out and turns worse than the initial the initial COVID. But it feels over. I mean, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm just so sick of masks and I'm sick of having to show a vaccine card to get into every single place. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, we, we've, whether it's right or wrong to have this attitude, many of us, even those who are the most diligent at uh, taking precautions and making sure we were respecting uh, other people's health situations. Uh, we're 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 frustrated, and we we want to move on because, yeah, like you said, ready yeah, everybody's getting the Omicron is pretty benign, uh, you know, mellow out, mellowed out version of of what it, this this pandemic started with. I think it is, and I and I guess that's what. From, what I've heard from people like virologists that I know, that's how it works. You know, that's how you get to herd immunity is when the variants, they weaken and the more contagious it is, the more easily it is to get like Omicron was, the weaker the virus actually is. 
So it's actually a really good thing that everybody got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Herd, as you said, herd immunity, right. We, it's closer. And then coupled with vaccinations, uh, that gets us into a good position as a society. So how do we come out of it now? That's the key. I mean, are we all a bunch of kind of like, are we all a little weirder, <laughs> you know, a little stranger, a little odder because of the pandemic? I wonder. I wonder. I know there are aspects that I might keep with the mask, like wearing a mask on the plane or on the subway or when I'm sick. But like, I'm just, you know what? I'm like, I'm so over COVID. And then I get like jaded when I think about, um, and this is completely off topic, but it's really how I feel. I'll be like so annoyed with COVID. I'm like, when is this going to be over? And then I'll get like completely depressed by the idea of meta <laughs> Yeah. Of the metaverse that they're working on. Like that drives me insane. I'm just like, oh, I hate it. I hate everything. And what do you make of those two feelings or thought sets of thoughts in your head? Being, you know, in regard to the COVID. And then when you're saying meta, you're talking about, you know, Zuckerberg and, and Facebook and Instagram and all that. Yeah. Why, exactly. Do they have any connection those two places that your your mind and your heart go? I think if there is a connection, I don't know if it's the right word, but it just feels like we're coming out of COVID changed the world forever. Um even down to like how people search for jobs and work from home and all these hybrids. Like it's it's changed forever. So we're coming It's like, I feel like COVID kind of pushed us into an era immediately. It was like an instant change where usually we go through these gradual cultural changes. This was like an instant change, super taxing. And then we're going to come out of this and then we're just going to go into virtual reality. (laughs) It's just like, this is the, the most high speed change of eras I've ever, like I think ever existed. And it's weird to go through it. And I get so, like, I feel overwhelmed when I hear things like Paris Hilton is buying land in the metaverse. And it's like, what the, what is, what? <laughs> it's insane. There, I, I, I read an article where people, they were saying that people who have been saving up to buy a house have opted out of doing that. And they are now investing in land and houses in the metaverse. And that sounds psychotic to me. <laughs> oh yeah i mean isn't that not, it's not real land right it's, it's not real <laughs> it's like what are what are we about to become so we just and it almost feels like what we went through with covid is setting us up for that because we spend so much time in the house we're working from home and now we're going to be at home in a virtual world we don't ever have to leave the house ever again we could just log into the metaverse be an avatar and interact with our friends that way. And that's, ugh, it just makes me want to just like jump off the cliff of Earth onto another planet. Well, it, basically, it's like another planet, what you're describing. it, And it is crazy. There's so much room for um, uh, the hucksters to take advantage of, of people, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And because you're you're so you're so disconnected and you're living in an alternate reality but i guess the argument is 
No, this is a new reality. It's real if you believe in it. It's real if you participate in it. It's real if other people are participating in it. It's another uh, dimension, actually, that we're creating. But, you know, you physically you're sitting in a room, but you can go all over the place. And you can be with so many people. And you yourself can be so many types of people. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I, you and I, maybe we're just old-fashioned. Maybe we're, you know, old fogies. What? I remember when you just go outside and stand in the sun and you'd be happy. Now, you know. Yeah. Wow. You got yeah. me thinking. You got me thinking. That's changing. So you'll stand firm. You won't do that. You won't fall into buying land in the metaverse or a house in the metaverse or, or what have you. I mean, I hope not. We always go into these things and you feel like, no, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, you're doing it. Like, I remember there was a time I said I'd never wear skinny jeans and that's all I wear. So, I don't know. <laughs> skinny jeans, yeah. Me too. And I'm too old for skinny jeans and I even wear them sometimes. My parents, I, I, when my kids say, dad, dad, come on, no. <laughs> and then I know. Um, so, all right. We're we're in the metaverse. We're coming out of COVID. New York is different. Um, you got an album that you're working on, and uh, I've seen some stuff. I actually have seen some stuff that you post uh, on Instagram. Uh, and some of it's hilarious. You know, like when you're you, you told some guy recently you were a stripper to get him away from you because he acted like <laughs> he wanted someone who was quote unquote traditional, and then they kind of liked you even more. Uh, did you make that up or is that real? That was a real, <laughs> that was a real situation. Um, I didn't end up going on an actual date with him. That was the comedic part, but yeah, people seem to like that story. That was funny. Oh, <laughs> very funny. And you were saying like, I'm nowhere near that sort of person. I don't even know how to dance like that or something to that effect. And you didn't know how you were going to pull it off, but it never happened. <laughs> no, no, not that part. Not the date. I didn't go on the date with the guy, but I I really did think that because he was, you know, I want a good girl, a wholesome girl, and I just realized I wasn't interested in him. So I was like, well, I'm a stripper, thinking he'd be like, that's the opposite of a wholesome girl, and it didn't work. It did not work. So that was awkward. <laughs> well, do you know why it didn't work? Um, well, my friends tell me that it's because now his uh, motivation has changed. Exactly. You may not be girlfriend material, but you are right now material. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what it was. Now, you know, he, he, okay, I'll have some fun with you, but I'll never marry you. I'll never bring you home to mom. Yeah, that's what he was going for. I would g gather, unless, you know, maybe we're, maybe he thinks that is cool. It's wholesome, too, being a stripper. <laughs> could be maybe never i doubt it but well, well we were talking about that one time with regard to men and women you know how women you and i were last i think the last time we we spoke where uh a woman will look at a man maybe just in fantasy uh and say you know i would i would fool around with him but i he's not the kind of person i would ever commit to in a relationship because I need someone who's more together, more stable, more responsible, someone right. I can, but I can communicate with and all that. That's why I really want to be with. But, you know, I might roll in the hay with them one night or I would, you know, at least fantasize about it. That, so men do it and women do it both, I think. But w women might not act on it as much. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be um, very subjective or relative. Subjective in what, what, what regard? What do you mean? Uh, from woman to woman or across the sexes? Like from person to person. Or situation to situation, I should say. Is it because of, do you think, the way a person was brought up? Or do you think it's uh, an instinctual, like a personality uh, trait that is almost in their DNA with regard to how they might look or act, look at those things or act on those things? I think it could be, I think a lot of, I think the core is always how you're brought up. But then I think you'll be in different situations that can alter that depending on who you're around or where you're being influenced at the time or what your your instinct is in the moment. That's why people make then people do things and they're like, oh, I made a mistake. It goes against my core values. And then there are people who probably just are like that. Right. Or people that change. <laughs> I don't even know if that even made sense. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm making any sense right now. Oh, you're definitely making sense. You're definitely making sense. That's my phone ringing. I don't know where. Let me get it out of there. Okay. Um, uh, no, you're totally making sense. I mean, these kinds of questions are not easy to answer, uh, and you're doing a good job of it. We're talking to Nash Rose <laughs> at her apartment in Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Bed Stuy. Yeah. I love Bed Stuy. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool place. It's got some cachet for sure, um, and. Um, yeah, you know, when we when we look at where you're at in your in your life as a as a person, as an artist, it's always interesting to me to hear, you know, uh, where you're at because you you I think earnestly and with much talent, you are trying to have a good life. You're trying to live a good life. And you're doing it in one of the most vibrant, challenging places in the world, New York City. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's fun. It's fun to, to see how it's going with you uh, and where you're, and when, what you're thinking, what you're experiencing. You um, lately have been focusing on your music career more, more so, uh, though you also have i'm sure some projects or some plans with regard to your comedic com career if that's the right way of putting it um how about society is that getting in or you're blocking it out you know i mean we we often talk about that kind of stuff too you know we talked about the uh, the george floyd situation that is part of a long narrative of injustice and brutality in this country um You've gone to plant the plantation, a plantation down in uh, uh, outside of New Orleans, with your mom, and you had some interesting insights coming from that experience. Are you, are you reflecting a lot on on our society here in the United States as of late, or even internationally? Honestly, not really. No, I haven't been. It's kind of depressing. It's depressing to me. Um. Yeah, it's interesting because my friends 
I have these two friends and all they like to do is talk about politics and they're so passionate about it. And I had this conversation and I have these two friends I'm talking about are white, uh, white woman, white man. And there was one day um, on the anniversary of what happened at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just talking about it really passionately and they're like, this is the worst thing that ever happened in American history and what it could have been and this is this Trump was at 9-11 and this supersedes race and I was just like interesting because I was like I cannot relate and I do not share those feelings and I was like well I don't I'll take your word for how you feel about it and the importance of it and I'm sure it is very important but as a black person it is not important in the way that you see it and they just couldn't believe it. And I was like, I promise you that the majority of black people do not care about that in that way. Like we care, but we don't. And so I did a poll on my Instagram story just to see and also show them. And yeah, majority of black people who voted on the poll, like, yeah, don't care. It's about infuriating about what happened at the Capitol. The January like, 6th insurrection, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, it was interesting because, and it got a little heated, I'll I'll admit, it got very heated, the conversation, because the guy said, um, this was almost like, this would have been, if this would have got overthrown, it would have been like the worst experience, or, and I was like, this is exactly, this just sounds like white privilege. That that was your fear and, and your idea that it would be the worst thing that ever happened. And it might be. And and, 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 and America might fall like Rome and all that. That's cool. But there are so many black people who already feel like that every day. We live across the street from public housing. They are already feeling that. So it was just interesting to see, like, life is so wonderful that that idea that you wouldn't be able to order something from Amazon because the country is under like, it's just, it's just a different experience. And so I choose not to focus on those things because it's infuriating to me. And it's also, it almost feels like a pointless conversation because you can't tell somebody that they're wrong. I don't think that he's wrong. I don't think they're wrong. I don't think their experience is wrong. And I know my experience isn't wrong. So then we're just talking in circles. So it's just like, I don't focus on politics because I don't like it and I don't care about it. Well, but, you know, I think what you just shared was very uh, insightful and eloquently stated and a perspective that a lot of, a majority of people in this country do, don't hear, doesn't hear. Um, so it's important, I think. I mean, we're fellow citizens of this country. We're descendants of all the people who messed up before us, and there'll be a bunch of people who have to deal with our mess, right? The mess that we leave them. So it's good to hear from all points of view. And I love what you said about white privilege in a way, and I want to understand it. You're saying that people have it so nice generally, or more so in the white community, that they see trouble at the White House and the pillars of what keeps it good for them, uh, the the prospect of those falling down scares them. And for people in uh, 
the more poverty-stricken, and oftentimes those folks are people of color, the world is already rife with so many issues and problems and scary situations and difficult uh, circumstances to overcome that that insurrection wasn't that big of a deal. Is that? Is yeah, that- I mean, you, you, yes, that's what I mean, except the ending, I wouldn't say it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not this, it's not that big of a deal in the same way for the black community and the people that I know and how I felt that day when it happened is it felt like the biggest kick in the face because if it were, if it was one black person that stormed the Capitol, it would have been a massacre. Right. Just, they would have, it would have been the entire freaking army taking out all of their, their bullets on one person. But you're telling me an entire group of white people can go inside of the supposedly most secure building in the country, if not the world. And then they just walk out. So my pain and my fear and my experience with that is super different. I'm not concerned like, oh, my God, America's going to get overthrown and everything's going to suck. Like, my life is pretty good, but I know people whose lives suck. Systemic racism is very real. It is very real. There are people who are literally already oppressed, and I don't think it would feel that different if the Capitol got overthrown for them. And that's all I mean. So it is a big deal on both sides. Nobody's experience here is wrong. It's just different. It's just two different sides of it. That just, that doesn't matter to me. Like I'm not afraid of America being overthrown. Would I like it? Probably not, but that's not my fear. My fear is my brother getting stopped at a red light and something going wrong. And he get he doesn't make it home that day because he went to get his, his registration and the cop got scared and shot him. Like that's, that's what I deal with. You don't have the luxury of taking a bigger look at it all when you're you have to focus on these things that are much, so much more close to home uh and make sure that they're not occurring uh i i think i understand that i i, I think I, I maybe i'm misclassifying it or categorizing it but um yeah it's just and I, i'm not here to, to like minimize anybody's feelings or experiences or be like oh that's just white privilege i do think i do think the way he worded it as being like it's supersedes race and it's worse than nine eleven. I felt like that was a little white privilegey, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, this <laughs> is <it's> truth. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially if you talk to someone who lives in New York or lived in New York when that occurred, I, I think it'd be a lot of folks would disagree that uh, much of anything is as bad as nine eleven was. Um, you know, people outside of New York, perhaps, but people that lived right in the city when that occurred, I, I think, you know, that really sh- that really hit a, hit them deeply. Uh, wow, Nash. You didn't want to talk about this stuff, but you did, and I'm glad you did, because, again, you, <laughs> you mentioned it's a different view of it, you know, your view, perhaps, well, is, maybe then as compared to others, but it is part of it, you know, where all of our experiences are part of what this is. You know our society, our country, uh, the United States of America, and if we don't look at it that way, then we're really in a in a bad place. You know, uh, so I value I value sharing that insight and those those feelings and experience experiences. Now we're just about out of time already. You know, with this with this conversation, what are you thinking? From you know, we're in February now. We're talking. 
What do you think? We won't talk for the next for a few more months. What do you What do you thinking? Uh, what are you looking to do? Or any sort of advice or nice thoughts to share between now and then? Um. Well, my birthday is this month, and that's exciting. Um, and when I think about um, when I think about that, something that's been on my mind a lot is how we take living for granted, just being alive. And being alive is like the greatest gift. And I think we all should really just focus on that a little bit more because I find myself getting caught up and like, oh my God, the guy I like didn't text me back. And I'm like, I live in a loft in Brooklyn, unbothered. There's nothing going on outside. I think I kind of say the same thing at this part every time I talk to you, but <laughs> it's so important and it's something that I struggle with. But just waking up and breathing and being and seeing and having no pain is so important, and I think we all should focus on that a little bit more. Again, eloquent, beautifully stated. Nash, thank you so much for being on Troubadours and Rock Art Tours. Happy birthday to you, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Likewise. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Take care. Bye.
some actual findings from Harper's Magazine, their February 2022 edition. Again, these are for real. The Justinianic plague may have had a more profound impact on Byzantine society than recent research had posited, as evidenced by the devaluation of currency and attempts to impose wage and price controls amid labor shortages and what the emperor described as the, quote, encircling presence of death. Lingsu culture was destroyed by climate change. Volcanic eruptions made Chinese dynasties of the past 2,000 years likelier to collapse. And the end Permian mass extinction may have been caused by southern Chinese volcanism in addition to the eruptions of the Siberian traps, which lowered global temperatures by several degrees. Japonic, Koreanic, Mongolic, and Tungusic, as well as Turkic languages, were traced to Neolithic millet farmers who lived near the West Liao River. Archaeologists announced the discovery at the Armenian archaeological site of Artashat Artaxata of the easternmost Roman aqueduct. Astronomers reported the presence of a planet in the Hercules constellation with a year that lasts 16 hours and the surface temperature of a small star. Interplanetary dust may have provided the phosphorus necessary for life on Earth. Researchers summarized heavy metal poisonings in Missouri and Rhode Island caused by luster dust. Quote, not all glitters, they warned, are created equal. Dutch and Japanese speakers can tell whether someone is laughing in Dutch or Japanese. Half of children can appreciate humor by the time they are two months old, and half can produce humor by 11 months. Faces can be identified as those of adults from noses and eyebrows, and as those of children from eyes and jawlines. 
Mandatory masking improves performance on the reading the mind and the eyes test. Neck musculature predicts fighting success among men and was found to be the most significant sexually dimorphic characteristic. DC superheroes exhibit the upper body proportions of champion male bodybuilders, whereas Marvel superheroes exceed them. And both DC and Marvel superheroines have smaller waist-to-hip ratios than popular pornographic actresses. Women are likelier than men to seek out aggression and pornography. Greater pornography consumption among straight people predicts support for gay marriage. Arranged marriages may counter natural selection. And the psychological profiles of Flemish divorcees, new husbands, suggests that the former learned from their mistakes and suffered from decreased value in the marriage market. A study of posts on a relationship forum indicated that breakups cause more emotional pain to men than women, and men are better than women at tuning into their hearts, but no differences were observed for gastric self-perception. The personality trait most closely associated with a belief in astrology is narcissism. How do you like them apples? Well, it's Halloween again And L.A. is a bore Everybody's looking like they Wish they'd stayed inside And they were watching Frankenstein in their beds and on their phones Not me, baby Tonight I'm really living I'm a vampire king I'm coming for you Open up your window Cause I'm about to sail in You can call for mama But she won't know what to do I'm a vampire king Long time waiting, but I'm happy to be. I can smell you from a thousand yards. Fresh white linen felt like only yesterday. I was as weak as Woody Allen. Now I stand as proud and tall as the home you were born. I'm a vampire again, and I'm coming for you. So keep that window open I'm a swooper and you know it Cry for mama But she won't know what to do I'm a vampire again But it's me, babe It's really me It's your boy 
Galaxy Above I caught myself in the moonlight last night. I looked up the galaxy above me and all in and around me. I am still me among the trees, and this is still this, yet it is all new. Help me feel it for real with a kiss, this spirited bliss formed in the heavens. And inside, me and you.
And there you have it, episode 459 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend, Nash Rose, Harper's Magazine, and these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, Lou Reed, Baba Mal, Nash Rose, Fortet, Marlon Williams, Animal Collective, Branford Marsalis, and Terence Blanchard, too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.